All right, best hour of their day is back. And today, you know, we're talking about something that accidentally as a box owner, you have to become an expert on. And I think that there are so many, what are some other things we can think of for, what are some things that by opening CrossFit Rife, you didn't realize you would become good at? Psychiatry, plumbing, electrician, <laughs> welding, woodwork, carpeting. Uh, you were probably else? decent at websites. Some of those. Well, uh, that's what we're here to talk about. But merchant processing, uh, social media, accounting, um, human resources, contracts, and legal. Uh, yeah. Are you reading a list right now, or are these all on the top of your head? Those are literally just off the top of my head. It's so true because we open these boxes, we open these businesses because we love trading people. And I, I, I just got off the phone with call with an accountant today and it reminded me of like how I, when I first opened Albany CrossFit, I opened it as a C-Corp and no one tells you anything about this. I went over to a We The People, which was right next door to the gym. <laughs> and like, you know, he's like, well, this is a C-Corp and this and that. I'm like, all right, sign me up for one of those. And you know, little do you know at the time, like how much tax implication and, you know, all these different things. Like you just like, I just want to train people. When I first created an LLC, I literally had no idea what LLC meant. Yeah. I still don't. And I've had multiple, we have one together that I don't know what it means. And we're the experts guys. <laughs> we're the experts. <laughs> so what was your worst plumbing mishap? We, oh, I mean, well, I guess it's not plumbing. We had a pretty severe roof leak a couple years ago during a seminar that was really bad. And there was a horrific storm. And so we had to deal with a bunch of leaky ceiling tiles and flooding. Uh, what else? I've had some pretty severe electrical issues in the past because the building we are in is like 30 years old. Um, there's not a ground wire in the joint, but. Um, I was literally up on a ladder yesterday cause I'm trying to move a vending machine we have cause there's like an outlet up there. I have no idea if the outlet works, if there's running power to it. So I'm on a 15 foot ladder with a voltmeter trying to figure out like if there's any, anything running to this wire. Um, so yeah, the number of things that you have to be competent at as a, as a gym owner is astronomical and that's a business owner and it has, it's not unique to gyms, but no, but um, what's unique to gyms, especially I believe is you know, they tend to be brick and mortar, obviously, where like in the virtual space, like Best Hour and some other companies that we're involved in, you know, you have to learn other things you have to learn Shopify or Stripe or, you know, They're, like, yeah, you they said, tend to be a little bit more tech heavy because your world is virtual. So yeah. But yeah, regardless, I mean, and I've told people this numerous times, the government makes it challenging for small businesses. And not that they're like, assholes about it. But there's no like, playbook or there's no set of rules like hey make sure you do this or you know make sure at the end of the year you've saved money because you know you're paying yourself but you're not paying taxes on like all that stuff and yep. I mean really that's what we're here for if you have questions about any of that we've done it numerous times and we've messed up numerous times so we're happy to help but well luckily luckily the and I, I've, I've referred to this in the past is that CrossFit is the, is like this weird very unique self-sustaining ecosystem 
So everything that you would ever need in a gym sprung up out of the community as a service provider to somebody like the, the amount of SaaS businesses that exist in the CrossFit ecosystem that have, that were, that did not exist before CrossFit that now have carved out a niche lane in the CrossFit community for CrossFit gyms is astonishing. I mean, you think about accounting, John Briggs and, and Insight Tax, who just launched, you know, uh, Profit First for Micro Gyms. You think about gym mentoring with Two Brain with Chris Cooper. You think about websites. I mean, there's a ton of companies that do that. Uh, site right there's up launch there's I think there's three two one go Wattify now does websites you have gym membership softwares I mean like you have Wattify you have push press you have Sugarwad, you have Zen planner you have mind body online I mean the number of things that like people didn't rogue uh, 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 however I mean a however many hundred million dollar business that did not exist 10 years ago that basically sprung up solely to support the CrossFit community and now has expanded into other things. I, I think that's one of the most amazing things about CrossFit is, and you know, as, as a lot of people want to hate on and bash Coach Glassman, but I'm sure there was a way back in the day that he could have been like, I want a piece of everything. Oh, cool. Bill, Katie, you're starting this little equipment company. Let's slap CrossFit on it. And by the way, I own, you know, 20%. I'd be curious what the the overall ecosystem was worth in dollars. Right. It's not in, just CrossFit alone, but everything, a billion dollars. I don't know. I'm just, uh, well, everything that's involved in CrossFit. So all I mean, of the, all of the SaaS businesses, the equipment businesses, the, the, everybody that's attached directly to the CrossFit space. I mean, it, it, it's for sure a billion dollars, but I'll I, tell I, you what bumped it over a billion is best hour of their day. For sure. All 12 I mean, listeners. Yeah. CrossFit was floundering in the red, going out of business, and best hour of their day. Here come Ackerman and Fern saving the day. <laughs> um, so, but let, let's talk about websites. So, I'm gonna, I, I'd like to th throw out some funny stuff. Back in the day, I mean, what CrossFit does is they say, hey, you want to be an affiliate, you need two things you need insurance and you need a website. Yep. And they used to say you need to point to the CrossFit journal. I don't know if they still say that. Uh, I believe they still do say that because it does exist. Uh, I, but I'm pretty sure that's still in the affiliate agreement. So before starting my own website, my first kind of virtual thing on the, online was actually the Albany CrossFit MySpace account. MySpace. I, I, oddly enough, I never had a MySpace account. And I actually held off for a long time getting a Facebook account. I held off on Facebook for a bit because I was like, I don't have time and MySpace was crazy, but yeah, no, first thing ever was, uh, Hey, we're going to have an Albany cross in MySpace. I don't even remember how some, I made a logo somewhere online. Like when, remember like there used to be like Microsoft paint or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even, for, it was like, I'm sitting there drawing the letters Albany. That's you know, another thing that you have to learn as affiliate owner is like graphic design and artwork and videography. Yeah, just a little, um, if you're listening to this and you make stuff for social media, go check out Canva. We're not even sponsored by them, but I think I think they're a great way to just make quick, easy social media posts that look somewhat Canva, pretty. Canva, like there's a couple of big ones in there. Canva, Later, Over is a nice one. Headliner is pretty easy. Yeah, people um, ask us how we make our, you know, images every day on best hour of their day Instagram with the quotes from the people that we've interviewed. And we use something online called Headliner. So 
hopefully a couple of those little things help you out. But yeah, I went from MySpace to a company called TypePad. Have you heard of TypePad? I have heard of TypePad. Not so, in a decade, but... <laughs> yeah, well, back in the day, that was the way to go. There wasn't all these other, you know, build-your-own-website things. And I believe CrossFit was using TypePad at the time, which is why I went to them. But man, I spent hours on my website every day, like adding so widgets, long. adding just just trying to yeah. make... It was like the face of your business, and I took so much pride in it. Now, here's the question. What was the primary function of your website in 2000 and we'll call it 2007 to 2010? Like what was, what did you use the website for? People went to it every day. My members. What did they go to it for? What were they there for? They wanted it. I would do, I mean, I'm, you cannot understand how much time I put into it. Every night I'd go home and some days I would do twice a day, a morning post and an evening post about what happened at the gym that day who hit PRs, what the workout was, what are some of the fun things that happened? I would put every picture that I took and it wasn't on my iPhone, like an easy to upload. You know, it was a digital camera. I had to take the card out, put it on my computer, upload Did you take a pictures. Polaroid? Did you take a Polaroid, <laughs> scan it, and then upload that scan of the Polaroid to your, to your computer? It took about that much time. But, you know, you can only upload 12 pictures at a time on TypePad. And I would go home and have like 200 plus pictures. And you know, didn't edit anything, didn't want to delete any pictures, but, you know, I'd wait like two minutes, upload the next 12, you know, meanwhile, the girl I was dating, you know, no wonder it didn't work out. She's downstairs, probably like what's happened, like hours up there. Um, He's but watching porn up there. And she would have rather that, I think, but, <laughs> but, as, you know, the mem, looking back, I don't think I could have built the community I built without it. It was, it was so unique at the time, you know, there was so, no so place to I, go like that. Yeah. Yeah. So where I was going with that is if, if you had two buckets of people, you have potential customers and customers who was going to your website. Yeah. That's a great question. At the time it was primarily my current customers. Now that's there what was everybody a, used it for. It was a, most people, their website was basically the most basic function of WordPress and all they did was push their wad to the blog so people could check it there. Like that's right. what everybody used the website. It was not it was not to disseminate information or content or capture any information. It was literally just to read the workout. That's it. The end. No more. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, from a business perspective, that's pretty dumb. But nobody knew any better back then. We're now no our wad post to our post our website, but nobody goes there to read it. Not one single person goes there to read it. Well, you know, that's a good question that I mean, we'll touch upon on this episode, but do boxes still push the wad to their website? Some people do, some people don't. I mean, I would probably say it's more do than don't. I think people that don't try to keep their programming secret, which is dumb. It's not that, it's not that our, great, you know? Our, our website's in the general, but specifically in the CrossFit space becoming obsolete? No, they are still very important. They just have to be optimized for mobile and they have to be, they have to be built with this very specific intention, which is generally not for your current customer base. They should be built primarily to house content and capture information so that you can reuse that information. Just like every other corporation uses that information 
Yeah, I just you know so you think I want to I want to house I want to house content there, and then I want to capture people's information as they go to the website, whether they're watching a video, listening to a podcast, reading an article, looking at pictures, and then I want to track that traffic so that I can follow up and give them more of what it is that they're looking for. Right. And that's really what they're becoming where, you know, a website and it still is like kind of like the window into your business, right? Like I go to a website and immediately you form these opinions. Like these guys are dumb. I don't want to go there. And whether you're looking at a CrossFit affiliate or a restaurant, right? Like we went out to, you know, for example, Roz and I went out to dinner on new year's and it was supposed to be this, fixed menu. So Roz and I, who track, we look at the menu online and then we get to the restaurant and it was a different menu. And we're like, that's your website. Like, how do you, like, where does that disconnect happen? But same thing at a box. Like if your website's shitty, you could have the most, you know, shiny equipment and all that stuff at your gym and, and people might not show up. Well, the first thing people have to do is, is be able to give you information so you can contact them or contact you directly. You know, like we're going through some revisions on our website right now. There's like things that need to be updated. We're doing some migration and stuff like that. But what nobody had back in the day was like a contact me form. Yeah. yeah. It was just yeah. like, it was, there was a, probably a link to an email that nobody managed or a phone number that they got and they don't even have a landline in their gym. Oh yeah. Mine was just right to my cell phone. My cell phone would blow up all day I'd get texts. I'd give it out to everybody. I mean, that's a whole nother topic. Don't do that. Yeah. That's a whole nother show about like, stop giving your personal information. At least get yourself a Google voice line at a minimum, separate something. Google voice. One that's uh that's really cheap and very manageable is zip whip. Uh, because like you can turn any landline into, and I think the cheapest package you have is like 35 bucks, but like it's it, 35 bucks is more than you need, but I can turn any landline into a textable number. So like if you went to my website, CrossFitRife.com, that phone number in there, like you could text that number and that would go to me and another staff and it's not my personal cell phone number, but I could text you back from my phone. So we have people that we have conversations all day long via the business line. Right. Because I got a number yesterday uh, for a business and the first thing I tried to do is text it. And it yeah, bounced the, back. The open rate, yeah, the open rates for text are something like 90% where answer rates for calls that people don't know the number is is well under 40%. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just it's just natural. Like, oh, I got a number, a connection, I'm going to text you first. And then it bounced back, so I had to call. But, but yeah, that's the first thing. So that's cool. And, you know, keep in mind, nothing we've mentioned are you know, paying us. It's all just things we use, you know, whether currently or or with boxes. So, so go check out all of those. So... Yeah. What are, if you had to have only three things on your website or three functions, what would they be? Well, you, like you like we've touched upon, you need to have a way to get in touch with you. And I'd probably have my phone number and email on there. Like I said, not ours, but a phone number and, a, and an email that multiple people can check. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you would have that. You'd probably have your address. Like you need people to know where to go. Yep. Ooh, what's the third thing I would have? Like, you, you, you kind of want to say your prices, but I don't know if I would put my prices online if I was limited to three things. What would your third thing be, assuming the first two are the same? I think you. I think it is a 100% must. The very top of the list, number one thing is you have to have a way to collect information. So that'd be, yeah, that'd be a great third thing, right? And when, when Fern keeps saying that, I mean, Fern's very good at this stuff, but it's like, 
a newsletter. So whether you have a MailChimp or Clavio or what do you use for CrossFit Right? Well, we well we have kind of two, well technically three, which is a whole another discussion. But so on our website, our website is is powered by Infusionsoft on the back end, which is a massive s, which is a massive SaaS business. Like it's it's a software. Um, like Infusionsoft is huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's a CRM that's pretty robust. Um, and then uh, that's that's like the primary function that we have there. And then I do use Mailchimp because there's a lot of flexibility within Mailchimp to create campaigns and segment. That's uh, Mailchimp's pretty pretty user friendly, and you can connect those two. So like I can I can there's an I can have an API that that automatically updates contacts. Um, as they come in through Infusionsoft to populate MailChimp. And then I just go in there and clean them. I was actually like segmenting them this morning. There's so much to learn. There's so much to learn out there. So what are some of the, you know, let's, let's tell the audience, you know, this conversation came because we got an email and we get a lot of emails asking for podcast topics. And the discussion about websites was one of them. This was a new affiliate and asking questions. So, so let's start from that ground level. Someone, is either opening a new box or maybe they have a current box and they're thinking about revamping. Do they go with a company? Do they try to do it on their own? You and I are both, I mean, well, you're this way because you're Jewish, but you and I are both very like bootstrapping. <laughs> we just lost our eight Jewish listeners. <laughs> let's, let's be real. We had one. It was my mom. Um, the, uh, no, I, I think on the front end, um, because, and I, and I told somebody who contacted us this morning about, about, programming they're like hey i want to do programming and i told them straight up i was like i don't recommend that you pay for programming right up front like i just don't think it's a cost that you need to incur are you so trying we, to you're trying to destroy our business before we launch is that what's happening no it's called being genuine and giving people good advice even if it doesn't benefit you um the i'm referring to the best hour of their day programming that's coming out very soon yeah the uh i if you can do it yourself i mean Depends okay, so on where say, you're at, right? So you don't have to pay. You don't. You don't have to pay for an ongoing service, right? Like you can pay minimum. You can pay minimum dollar for somebody to set your your website up so that you can capture information. There's a landing page where somebody gives you name, email, phone number that automatically notifies you via email, and has like three basic blogs. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think it needs to be incredibly robust. It needs to. It needs to be. Honestly, I think it needs to be simple, 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 simple. It needs to say, here's what we do. It's like, hey, get fit, have fun, like whatever, you know, feel great, lose weight, like whatever it's going to be. It should not have a picture of like the fittest person in your gym. It should have like a picture of a normal human being on there. Somebody that looks more like Jay, less like me. <laughs> and then a way and then a way to contact you. Like, again, like it doesn't need to be this crazy thing. Um, but it does need to be, and this is more pertinent now than ever. It does have to be mobile friendly. So you need to check that. You need to check all your website or you need to check all your pages on your phone because if it looks like shit on your phone, it's the most annoying thing ever. And most people are checking out your website from their phone. Yeah. And I think even if you're doing it the way Fern said, which is kind of do it yourself, most of those platforms, like let's use WordPress as an example, has an option to kind of look at what it looks like in the mobile format. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, there's so many free options out there. You and I, I think I disagree a little bit. To me, the expense of getting someone to start a website for you between 
250 and $500 should be something you budget in as a new business. Cause, and I'm only speaking from my experience in that it's a time suck. It is a time suck. I, I wouldn't, I would even say that like upwards of two to three grand wouldn't be unreasonable for a build out of a website that has like for full a nice one. Yeah. For a nice one. Um, now if you don't have that, you can go lower dollar, but I've seen websites that are just as functional both ways. Generally, they're just not like the, generally what suffers is the, is the UX, right? So the user experience suffers a little bit depending on how much you pay. So the, <clears throat> If you guys are listening, by the way, and you want someone that does a good website, cost-effective, check out besthouroftheirday.com. We have a guy. I don't want to put him on blast right now because I don't even know if he's taking new people. But um, hit us up if you, if you want a connection there. He's a great dude. He's a part of our community. So we're happy to introduce you to him. But there are some other places that, what, what would you call like the cookie cutter type crossword websites? Um, I don't want to say there's cookie cutter. I, I want to say like I know, um, I do know that Wattify is is now created a like a website function right so you can build a website that's that the back end of it is wattify now i have no experience with it i just know that they offer it sounds um, it's probably really smart if you collect payments through wattify and post through wattify it's all in one place I mean, sounds like they're one of the first people doing that i'm not aware of anybody else that does it um there's other companies that do it uh, like, uh, like we've been using, uh, site, right. For a very long time, which was originally barbell, uh, business and then barbell logic. And then it was gym, right. And now it's site, right. But we've been had them for probably like five years. Um, they're really great. And that's why we have that pretty robust, in, uh, infusion soft end. but there's other companies that do it, um, for cheaper, but really what's important is they're just it, it need it all needs to be connected so you know back in the day i just had a website that was separate from however i process my payments that was separate from my social media all those things need to be linked to, together so that when somebody fills out a form a landing page just a basic landing page hey interested in crossfit fill this out we'll call you back when they fill that out that needs to go somewhere and my recommendation is that it doesn't go to somewhere and then just sit there. It needs to actually notify somebody, right? What's so, what's the um, <clears throat> what, what time stamp would you put? Timeline would you put on that? In other words, at what point is it like we're not going to get that person? You know, back in the day, some people I, are like three to five minutes, and I'm like, I'm, that's if you have yeah. a full time front desk person, and and I, I'm not. That, that's for cold. That's for cold. Somebody who's like completely cold. If somebody is a warm lead, like they are, they want to buy, like just get back to them like within an hour. Any, but like, so for instance, like when somebody hits our website, that notification goes to two people. So, so one of us you? is going to get, one of them goes to me and the other one goes to Cassidy. So one of us is going to get it immediately. And then we have parameters for when do we respond? When do we not respond? What's the time window for when we can text and we can't text? Cause there's actually laws on that. Um, well, let me, let me dive in a quick rabbit hole there. So say you're, say you're doing that and you're the owner, Cassidy's not, mm -hmm. is there a motivator for him to get back to them faster and get them to join? In other words, is there, do you recommend a commission for somebody like that? You can do that. We don't currently do that. That's just part of his job and he gets Cassidy, paid. Cassidy, you need to ask for a raise if you're listening to this episode. He gets paid, he gets paid hourly for admin work, right? And we've covered this in coach compensation episodes. So go back and listen to that episode. But um, that's just part of his job as the kind of gym manager is part of his job, but he knows that 
if the gym does well, then he does well. He gets rewarded for that. Like the, that's not, now, you that can is incentivize... a hard message to relay to coaches at times. Yeah, yeah. You have to be a good box people, owner to do that. To, yeah, for people to understand what's good for the goose is good for the gander is is right. a is a pretty broad, a pretty broad topic and and pretty big concept for people to grasp. But <clears throat> there just needs to be a process. Just like, hey, when this comes in, what happens? So we generally go with a text first. Uh, but we call immediately afterwards. So we'll get them both. So it's like text, call, email. They, we have to check all three of those boxes. Some of it is automated, which with regard to the emails, the text and the phone calls is all us. And here's what I'm going to tell you guys. If you're trying to do automated text campaigns and all of that shit, people know it's automated. I don't care but, how much time you put into it. Like I know that's not you. I, I agree with you. But I do think it takes a certain level of intelligence to understand that. I get, for example, you and I get emails regularly of like, hey, we want to contribute to besthouroftheirday.com. Like, what do you charge for a post? Yeah. And one, you know, we don't take them because they're usually shitty. And two, they're usually fake. But, I mean, the whole, there's, there are businesses in the CrossFit space built around this automated text thing. And, and they, you know, to be fair they've gone and made them really good. Like pictures change with, with names put on them and dates put on them and all of that. I've seen people use like the, I believe, I don't want to misspeak, but it was like the gym launch, you know, where it's like somebody texts you, they're getting these, uh, people fall for that shit. People that stick around for your business don't fall for that shit. Yeah, people that's that are people that are cold sales do fall for it. Like those are people that want sales that like are looking for a quick fix. They're looking for that. And again, again, you can make it automated and some of the stuff is getting pretty sexy and it's getting slick. You can put in predetermined responses if there's a word in there, but I'm going to tell you, like I've played around with it. Like eventually it doesn't match up and the response doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it's now, and I'm not saying automation is bad. I would say that like you need to have a system in place and it's, it's not that damn hard. Like no, but no CrossFit gym, let's put it this way. No CrossFit gym is bringing in so many leads, so many customers, potential customers, potential prospects that you can't text them yourself. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I, I, I do think texting and phone calls should be done by another human being that understands it. Cause ultimately you're going to get a question about something and it can't just be like, well, come in, we'll show you you know, and you should be able to do this within three to four texts. If you're on the phone with somebody for hours, they're probably wasting your time and not going to join. They've contacted you, right? So let's, let's kind of like keep it on task, which is like, okay, what's the, what should the website do? The website should allow them to reach out to me to give me information so that I can contact them. So that comes through on my website. It hits me with an email and I can set up with a text notification, but I'm in my email frequently enough that I don't, don't worry about it. And so is Cassidy. Like one of us is here all day long. <clears throat> the longest it's going to go unseen is 60 minutes. So I'm not that worried about it. We'll call and we're immediately going to, there's like, there are automated follow on emails, but all of the phone, all of the text, that's all personal. And then some of the email is personal because I want to say something very specific other than just like, Hey, we missed you. We'll follow up again tomorrow. Like I just want that email to be in their inbox. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what it needs to be in there for. And then you can use your website to host like if you're not if you're not writing blogs, nutrition blogs, coaching blogs, mindset blogs, if you're not putting videos, uh, like you need to have all that stuff housed on your website. Like Google's, are blogs still relevant? 
I read blogs all the time. What what are what are two blogs you read regularly? I do read Morning Chalk Up. Right, that's one. That's actually a pretty robust blog. And then I guess I don't of, consider that a blog, but yeah, you're right. It's a blog. I mean, if you, it is a blog. Yeah, once you go to their website, it's a blog. Um, because I their their stuff hits me every morning. Uh, somehow they got in there. I don't remember if I opted in, but I went to their website. I had to opt in for an email, right? So on their website, and now they hit me every morning morning chalk up and then i go to crossfit.com almost daily and read through there i suppose crossfit also has a blog yeah so yeah it's just like back in the day everyone had a blog everyone was creating a blog you have and to house you have to house all of that long form information somewhere right so it's understanding that like your website is this long form permanent thing that houses all of your content forever if you go into mm -hmm. crossfit.com like that's what it is it's like really long articles that I can download as PF, long videos, the email, the social media, those are all chopped up versions repurposed to get interest to then push them to the website. Like you're not, you're not reading an article, like a full blown article in social media for the most part. Like most of it can't be done. Like you're going to get a snippet at which point I have to divert off of that social media and get to a website of some sort. Um, so blog is basically where these long form posts are being housed or even maybe just your workout of the day your workout of the day if you want to go there but the, there's so many things that you can do using things you can use third-party platforms like youtube or if you have uh, like blurberry or ipod or itunes for a podcast stuff like that you can embed all of those things onto your website so somebody could be watching a youtube video from my youtube channel that's hosted in youtube via my website so they're still going to youtube it's just housed on my website because they want to watch the video version of a podcast I did, or they want to watch the movement video that we made on rowing or running or the push jerk or something like that. But all that stuff is still there. And I still house, I repurpose emails that I write as blog posts on the website. You bring up a good point right there. I don't want to lose sight of that. Repurposing as a box owner is key. Every so, piece of content can be repurposed four different ways, minimum. Just take this podcast, for example. We're recording a podcast, which is going to be pushed out audio. We also take the, take the video, put it on our YouTube channel. We also take a snippet and put it on our Instagram, you know, which also pushes to our Facebook page, mm -hmm. uh, which, by the way, thank you for following, Fern. I saw you found the best hour of their day Facebook page this week. Well, <laughs> it's, not, it's not done very well, so I was, I was resisting it. You know, Facebook's kind of like the Facebook pages, et cetera, are just like you make them because you're supposed to, but I don't think they're, they're as valuable as like Instagram. They're, they're, I think it, for, for fitness, at least, they're secondary to Instagram at this point. Yeah. You, you, you need to have it because Facebook owns Instagram and all the things that you want to do on, on Instagram, if you're like- Happen you're, through Facebook, happen right. through Facebook, but- But um, yeah, I mean, talk about repurposing. Someone, you know, if, if, if you're a box owner, you get an email that says, hey- you know, why should I join your box? There's three others in the area. And you take the time to write back to them. Repurpose that as a blog post. Repurpose that as a newsletter article about, you know, why your box is so good. Repurpose that as an Instagram post with a picture of your community. Like, don't waste time rewriting. You know, there's going to be some tweaks going on throughout those changes. But for the most part, you know, for touched upon it, make sure you're repurposing to save time. Yeah, because... We all think that everybody 
So some people read long form on Instagram. Some people read, want to read the whole blog post. Some people want to listen to it on iTunes. Some people are fine have linking out from Facebook to your website to listen to the podcast there because they don't care. They just want to listen to it. It doesn't matter where they listen to it. But the point is all that information. And like, if you want to, you can have, there's like pretty low cost platforms that will, what's the word I'm looking for? That will uh, do a transcript of a podcast. So now oh, I, can yeah, take a we, podcast, I can take a podcast and make it into a long form article. And we do that for every episode, just so you guys know, listening at best hour of their day, we use a platform. It's called Sonics. I forget the um, extension. I think it's like AI Sonic, but if you Google Sonics and transcription, it's like a monthly fee that we pay, but then, you know, it's like five bucks an hour. So every episode that we record, we then transcribe because yeah, people may find it or just SEO keywords, all that stuff happens. So yeah, the, the websites are definitely still, they're definitely still a thing. Now they're not typically used how most companies use them. So most companies are using a website and this is where they house their Shopify stores embedded into their website. And this is where they're doing this. There's it's paywall protected and that's just how they're, this how they're doing their transactions. Gyms don't do that. Gyms are using it essentially to house content should be using it to house content, to collect data, to project your story to the world or your member's story to the world. So don't overlook the website because people still do look at websites. And again, I mean, if you're talking about Google analytics, like you're not going to get Google analytics if you don't, if you have a shitty website, like Google's still a thing. Yeah. Well, not to mention if, if you want to be across an affiliate, you by law with them have to have a website. And people are looking for gems and people judge your website. Like whether they actually peruse through it or not, like it's like going on a, on a first date, you know, like first impressions are a thing, you know, that I'm either a physically attracted to this person immediately or not. But then I have to get into the nitty gritty and be like, do I like talking to them? Like, do, are they funny? Are they boring? Like, you know, all of those things, like do they have weird tendencies? But at first, the first thing I look at is like, am I physically attracted to you? Like, Oh all, yeah, it's the same thing on a website. I'm like, oh, this is pleasant. Like, this is cool. It's easy to navigate. Like, I found what I was looking for. Like, number one is like, it should be easy to navigate. It shouldn't have a good billion tabs to get to. What are your hours? Potentially, what programs you offer? What does it cost? Like, those are the three things. Like, if you want to, if you want to, I've seen people do post their prices. I've seen people not post their prices, and I've seen people uh, who have. You have to basically submit information to get access to the pricing page. And it's just a way to capture information. You know, but even someone as experienced as I am, I moved to Boulder and I Googled CrossFits just to see what they look like, just to see what some of the options were. And yeah, you're right. You know, the first impression goes a long way. So clean, simple, make it easy for people to find the information they're looking for, which like Fern said, is typically hours, cost, location. And then 100% a way for them to contact you and capture their information. But, but the big thing is like, you need a website. You need to be consistently putting content on that website because this is a whole separate discussion about how are you reaching people via like producing content, whether it's a newsletter, whether it's nutrition articles, whether it's coaching articles, whether it's movement tip videos, whether it's a cooking video, like all of those things can be housed within your website. And those are all, this is where you collect information as a, 
as a business owner to figure out who are my future clients that have yet to move to the consideration stage, right? And, and then I'm now potentially looking at buying your product. But if they hit your website once and then never hear from you again, not, not ideal, you know? And, and the tough part about this is it's a lot. And this is a moving target as an affiliate owner. But you do need to be competent in it. I happen to live in this world where I'm probably don't even fall in the competent bucket anymore. I'm, I'm kind of like this guy who's like basically good enough to get myself in a lot of trouble and mess things up. And then I have to call somebody and they say, you get an A for effort, but this <laughs> yeah. is a, but this Been is a there. disaster, you know? So I, I, neither one of us are by any means like website experts, but there are things you need. Like you must have those things. Like when I look at a gym and I look at their first impression, it's like, what does the homepage look like? Is the first thing that somebody sees a way to contact you? If it's not, that needs to happen immediately. That'd be the first change I would make. Like the first thing on the website would be like, contact us, goes to a landing page, fill this out. And this goes to something that I've brought up in other YouTube stuff that I've done is this is a really easy way to solve this issue of somebody comes in when you're coaching a class. I'm coaching the 5 p.m. class. There's no other coaches around. Somebody comes in, they're interested. And then I would make the fatal flaw of saying, can you come back tomorrow without collecting any information? Nothing. They're just like, sure, got it. And they never come back. If I have a website that allows me to do this, what I can do is most people at this point have some sort of CRM that is web-based and involves TVs where people check in. We always have our homepage tab pulled up behind Wattify. So if this person walks in, I'm coaching a class, that page is literally pulled up. I walk over to the computer, literally while I'm still coaching the class, I switch tabs. Hey, can you take five seconds to fill this out? They fill it out. And I just say, I'll call you as soon as I'm done with the class. Feel free to stick around and watch the class if you want to. But I've got the information. I'm going to follow up with them immediately. But if I, have a, if I don't have a website to do that, I'm not going to be able to get that information. Yeah. And let's, let's end it on this. And I like your idea of having another show kind of about outreach. But one thing you just touched upon to make sure someone listening understands is some people will show up at your box and you're going to be busy. Have something at your box that allows them to fill out that same form on your site. Typically it's an iPad, but maybe it's, you know, your computer open. Hey, fill this out so I don't forget. Cause those are the people that are ready to join right there. They showed up at your space. Bare minimum, a sign in sheet. Yeah. You know, when I was coaching at North Naples, that would happen every so often. And they didn't have something like that, but I would always say, Hey, what's your name and phone number? Let me grab it for you. But like capture that information. And, I used to get so mad at my coaches back in the day at Albany CrossFit when they'd be like, oh, I spoke to somebody. They'd be like, cool, where's their information? Oh, I didn't get it. Well, that, you know, the chances have significantly diminished of us getting them to join right now. My, we have a rule, which is nobody leaves the building without getting that information. It, yeah. Like that, it happened about a week ago, and I was, I was legitimately pissed. One Did of the Cassidy get fired? No, it wasn't Cassidy, but one of the other coaches – he, he's been here long enough to know the things that make me angry. There is nothing that makes me angrier when a coach is, says, hey, uh, this guy named Jason came by and he was interested in the gym. I said, cool. Did, where uh, Did he fill out the form? And they're like, no, he just said he was going to come back tomorrow. Thanks yeah. for nothing. Thanks for nothing. You, you just cost us $2,000 for the year. Yeah. Or, or when they'd be like, oh, he said he's going to join. I'm like, did you collect money? No. Okay. Well, he hasn't joined yet. Yeah, he's not a member. 
No, I, uh, he said he's going to sign up later. I'm like, then he's not joining. Yeah. Right. And, like, and, you know, and we could have a whole podcast on the fact that no one cares as much as you do as a box owner, but we don't have to dive down that hole. But right now. that being said, the website and things like this eliminate. You, but you have because they make it easier for people to follow the rules. Yes, I agree with that. So. All right. There we go. Touched upon the subject of websites. And, and next week we'll come back and we'll talk a little more about outreach and, and what you can do to get out there and to get more people to find out about you from an organic perspective. Yeah. Uh, also, we get another movement uh, show coming at you guys next week because people have been hitting us up. They're like, we want to, we want a movement. So if there is a movement specific you want us to cover, we got a couple lined up, hit us up with a movement that you want us to cover. And uh, we would be happy to jam and nerd out on any of the movements within CrossFit. Yeah, the two best places to hit us up are our email, best hour of their day at Gmail, or in our DMs at best hour of their day. So for Fern, for Ackerman, I think that's it for the week. Or I think we're kicking off the week. This goes up on Monday. So hopefully yeah. you've enjoyed. Hopefully you're having a great week. Or it goes up on Sundays. I know we got some great podcasts coming. But um, all right, Fern, we're out of here. See you. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. Just a reminder, Fern and I have an amazing new show called Dropping In, premiering on our YouTube channel in early 2020. Be sure to head over to the Best Hour of Their Day YouTube channel now. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. You've probably heard us talking about it, summarizing some of our trip. You can see some highlights up on our Instagram as well, at best hour of their day. But I promise you, you're not going to want to miss out. So subscribe now. Thanks for everything you do. Thanks for letting us be a part of your lives. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of Best Hour of Their Day.